0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you're in need of a criminal defense, personal injury, or DUI defense lawyer, I recommend Marcos Garza and his team. And he supports Reed's Ranch. That's the most important thing. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Someone will answer your call 24-7, and you will get your free consultation. You can go in, talk about your case, See, uh, you know, what they could do for you before you even have to pay a dollar or sign one paper. If you end up using him, of course, do me the solid. Tell them I sent you. All right, let's get Seth on the line. We talk a lot about Tennessee becoming number one. We talk about dragons being real, dinosaurs being fake. And we learn what kind of sitcom Seth likes to watch. Appreciate Garza law.com marcos garza and his team for sponsoring the podcast let's get to the show
1: i mean this is the last stand 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38
0: unanswered point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome
1: to Reed's Ranch the Podcast with Seth Hughes. Like just quit acting like this is any fun at all.
0: Another Reed's Ranch coming at you January 20th. We'll call this the pre-number one edition. Seth joins us down in Alabama. Seth, I'm glad we got that win yesterday for you, my yeah, friend.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that game is over with. That was It was hard for me to watch it. Like, It was just an ugly game, and then I was like, you know, it's one thing to lose to them in football like whatever everybody does, but we have perhaps the best basketball team in the nation and we're going to have to lose to them at home in basketball too. I mean, come on. But we pulled it out. I never really like I never really thought we were going to lose. If that makes sense, like I was nervous and like I mean, I was really nervous, but I never thought we were going to lose. Like because they never got a big lead. Like and our guys are so composed, and like you just knew that like eventually Admiral was going to hit a shot. Like all the like I I don't have a pro I I, I might be alone here. I did not have a problem with him continuing to shoot those threes. Uh no
0: no me neither. Like the people I was watching the game with was getting mad at him and I saw some people on the internet mad at him, but like I feel like he's earned the right to kind of keep like, shooting.
1: I mean, they were open threes. They were good looks. He's hit them all year, and a couple didn't go in. Who cares? Like, I would rather him keep shooting than not take those shots. If he misses them, so what? But he hit two big-time field goals at the end of the game, and then he drove and missed that one, but Grant was, you know – he took a double team, so Grant was able to get the rebound unguarded. Yeah,
0: yeah, even, even yeah, just him going to the rim was enough to draw enough attention to, you know, leave a wide open rebound putback. I will say I got a little nervous whenever uh, we had the ball with 38 seconds left and had a pretty awful possession, a pretty awful possession, and that bothered, that worries me a little bit moving forward. Just. I thought that was kind of uh, some of Rick Barnes's game management that's, you know, frustrated us at times. I thought that kind of came back too and, and could have cost Tennessee the game. I didn't like that last possession when we were up one with thirty eight seconds left. I would have liked to time out and to to run some action there and not wait till there's seven seconds left on the shot clock before we try what anything. Even, and so, then Grant of course. Okay,
1: so that was that was
0: That was Grant's okay, charge. That, I was yeah. trying
1: to think. I didn't realize we got that that possession started with 38 seconds left.
0: Yeah, Alabama scored 38 seconds left. Uh, they made what I thought was a smart decision by not by not fouling. There was like 37.8 seconds left, I think, if I if I remember correctly. And yeah, we didn't get into any type of offense until very late in the shot clock. And yeah, Grant just turned around, and tried to barrel over the guy, and got called for a charge. Like,
1: this is just kind of my opinion on the situation, but. One thing I would have liked to have done is start it sooner and then see what's happening. If nothing's happening, then call the timeout.
0: I would have just liked a timeout at the beginning, honestly. Just a a timeout like the 20 second mark and, yeah, get into your offense rather quickly because, you know, eight seconds is enough to get a rebound and go the length of the court, Mm -hmm. right? So to me, like trying to run the clock all the way down to 30 seconds, you know, trying to run it down as far as possible. Seems kind of short-sighted. Yeah. Seems a little short-sighted, if you ask me, just because eight seconds is enough for any you know, any competent basketball guard to get a rebound and push. And at that point, you're scrambling, and either you're going to give up a layup or a foul or something. So I didn't think that that was good execution at all. Tennessee able to get a stop. I, I, so I did get worried when they were inbounding the ball just because I was having flashbacks to Loyola, Yeah, right? Like, that's the last time we were in that situation – up one, needing one stop. Of course, Loyola drains that lucky bounce shot to, to beat you. So at that point, I was worried, but that was the only time that I even lost a little faith. I, I kept thinking Tennessee was going to win, Tennessee's going to win, and I was like, oh, shit, we're about to get a heart bru- our yeah, I mean, broken. I mean,
1: I was nervous at that, that, that last Alabama possession where Petty walked, which was the correct call, I, I thought. I mean – I thought he definitely walked. Yeah, I mean, it, he
0: he he, shuff, he shuffled his feet, and if he didn't walk, he was he had an offensive foul. If he, you hooked ask me, with hook. he hooked big time. He hooked big time,
1: and I didn't see it until after I saw your tweet about it because you said you tweeted if he if he didn't walk, then he committed an offensive foul, and I saw the replay later, yeah. and I was like, well, John was right. In re- per usual, per usual, per in usual. real time. I didn't think he walked. And then they showed the replay. He definitely walked. I don't even know how you can argue that he didn't. Like, the thing that got me was I didn't even know how the ref saw it. It was almost imperceptible in real time, it seemed. It was a great call. It was the correct call. I I, I don't know how many people
0: are trying to argue that he didn't walk. I've seen some people just making the argument that you don't call that walk in that situation, which – it's dumb, like you call the walk if they walk. That's what, and, th- and it was one yeah. of the, it was one of the rare times where I felt like the college refs were actually like right on top that's, of it.
1: That's what Antoine Walker said last night on SEC Network, and Andy Kennedy, because Andy Kennedy was like, "Is a good call," and then Antoine Walker said that neither Kennedy or the 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 host said no. I mean, rules are rules. Like he walked, you know. I mean, he did. It was also. That walk doesn't happen if Admiral doesn't swap on that screen like that. That was a that was a great defensive play by Admiral on that screen to hedge like that and guard Petty because that wasn't his man. He saw what was happening and came over, and Petty was not ready. Petty was not expecting or ready. Petty was not ready. He wasn't, he wasn't ready. He, he wasn't for Admiral to be right there on him, and that was a great defensive play. I mean, it had to have been something that UT has scouted and knew exactly what to do in the situation. Turner hit both free throws. I mean, Alabama's not a great basketball team. Going into yesterday, they were Lunardi's first team out. On on Jerry Palm's bracket bracket this morning, they are the third team out. If they had not lost, if they didn't have the two inexplicable losses to Texas A&M and Georgia State on buzzer beaters or whatever at home, they would be in. So, I will say that it is nice and it is good that this team played an NCAA tournament team. They played terrible, and they found a way to win. Well, I thought they played great yeah, in the first half. Yeah, they played great half. in the first half.
0: If they played like they played in the second half of the entire game, they would have lost. But they had enough of a – enough cushion, I guess, to kind of help withstand a lot of how shitty they played. But got to win. Got to win, and – you know, really, this week—that's saying enough, I think. You know, to so many other top ten teams lost. Yeah, I mean, now most of them were on the road when they lost, right? If you look at Michigan, obviously Virginia last night against Duke, uh, Michigan, Kansas, Texas Tech—all those teams were on the road. Well, no, when they T- lost, Texas but Tech
1: lost two games this week, and their yeah, fir- their first okay. loss was at home to Iowa State.
0: Okay. So okay. I mean, du- I was just looking at yeah. Saturday. So sure. So Duke
1: lost at home to Syracuse, and Iowa State lost at home. I mean, Texas Tech lost at home to Iowa State. Both of those teams lost at home in the beginning of the week. Week to unranked teams. I mean, Duke's loss is pretty bad. I mean, is yeah. I mean, on, on one hand,
0: I get the argument that Cam Reddish was a scratch. You know, he was sick, and that their point guard Trey Jones got hurt. But on the same coin like I've been arguing with a couple of Duke fans like at the same at the same time we haven't seen Duke do enough without Trey Jones to make them the number 1 team in the country like there's no guarantee that he's back in the next week or so like I, I know that they have gotten a lot better diagnosis than they initially thought like initially everyone kind of penciled him maybe being out until the tournament or maybe out for the rest of the year seems like he's going to come back earlier but I still don't think he's going to play this upcoming week. Like, Surely they're going to be a little bit cautious with him, I would he think. would think so. So, we, you know, until we see Trey Jones back and healthy, I don't think you can in good conscience make them the number one team in the country.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You lost to Syracuse at home. You lost, lost to, Syracuse to Syracuse at, at home. home. That's, that's enough for me. Like, I, I get that you're – your point guard got hurt and that you know one of your top five picks didn't play, but sorry, you lost. Like, you lost. still
1: have two other top five picks. And you're at home. And you're at home, and Syracuse is not that good.
0: Syracuse is above, average. above
1: average. I mean, they're, they're not that far off from Alabama. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, Syracuse was ranked pretty highly to start the preseason, but they haven't had a great year. I mean – it's been weird it's been weird to me that how,
0: how bad Syracuse has been because Syracuse was one of those I believe there's three teams in the country that was, you know, coming off of a, a tournament season and returning all of their starters. Yeah. Like Tennessee was one of them and Syracuse was another.
1: I mean, they they're they're thirteen and five and four and one in the ACC, so granted, they have they have seemed to they seem to have solved their problems since conference play started. They still have in conference a home loss to Georgia Tech. They lost at home to Old Dominion and Buffalo. They lost at home to Connecticut and at or it might have been a neutral site game, but and they lost to Oregon at a neutral site game or at home. And I guess Oregon was full strength at that point. Yeah, they were because Bowl Bowl played. Bowl yeah, bowl. and now yeah. Oregon's terrible. So like, that's not an unforgivable loss, but like Georgia Tech at home. I mean, really, that was a mere. That was just three conference games ago. That's who they played before they played Duke. I mean, really? Like they're not that good. Do
0: we? Do we think that Tennessee moves to number one? I don't know. I just they should. So you're in the camp. You're in. You're in the camp who is uh, skeptical. Like Like, I I think. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's a no-brainer that Tennessee goes to number. one.
1: Last night after when Duke won. My thoughts were absolutely no way they're going to. And then I thought about it for a while. And by the time I was going to bed, I was like, okay, they're going to be number one. And Borzello put them as number one in his power rankings on ESPN. And I was like, okay, they're not going to be. They're, they're going to be number one. And then today, I've kind of gone back to thinking they're not going to be. I just, if we had beaten Alabama like we thought, if if like the first half had been replicated in the second half yesterday, I think we would be. But I think that they're just going to have too much respect for Duke against Virginia. If we are number one, it's going to be barely. Whoever is number one is going to barely get it.
0: I was going to say that I I think, like, you know, Sports Illustrated said Duke's got the throne back of best team in college basketball. Like, if that game was in Virginia, Virginia was going to win. Like, if – if Duke had won a road game, I would say, you know what? They probably deserve to stay at number one. But they won at home. Like it's not like they went on the road and beat Virginia. I'm not even sure they're better than Virginia. Like I, I think if they, that game was played in in wherever the hell is it? Where's the campus at? Charleston? Charl? Where's Virginia's campus at? Charlottesville. Charlottesville. If it was played in Charlottesville, I think Virginia wins. So, like, I didn't come out of that thinking that they were head and shoulders better than Virginia. I thought they won a home game.
1: Yeah. What did you think about Virginia?
0: I think Virginia's good. Like, I, I think, you know, I've told you I'm scared of Virginia and just, like, their narrative of overcoming last year's embarrassment to to make a Final Four run. Like, I thought they were good. Yeah. What'd you think?
1: I thought they were good. Like, it was neck and neck, like, a one or two point game for seemingly forever.
0: Yeah. Um... I mean, they, they were they were just as good as Duke, and like I said, that was on the road in like Cameron. Like,
1: my, my problem, like, I, I have one general problem with them, and I don't know what you think, but, like, my general problem with them is that when you play like they do, every single possession is of the utmost importance. Like, that game, it was even tighter than the score indicated when it was just a one-point game because Virginia cannot – take a possession on offense off. Like, everything has to be perfect when you have that few of possessions. Like, that's my general problem with them. Like, now granted, they execute their offense better than anyone in the nation. um And I know, like, Gonzaga and Tennessee have better possessions, I mean, have better offenses on paper. I'm talking, like, just in the half court, their, their motion offense, they execute it better than anyone. So, you know, they can get away with it a lot of times, but, like, everything is just so important when you play that way and like Tennessee you know Tennessee's gonna run Tennessee's gonna get some transition points Jordan Bones gonna go to the basket we're gonna have some dunks so like everything doesn't have to be perfect on offense and then I thought at the end of the game when they got down a little bit like five points is an insurmountable lead it felt like well that's
0: what I was gonna say was like in in especially in college basketball where you can't advance with timeouts like they were taking ten to twelve seconds to get a look at the end of the game, and you know they hit a couple threes to get them in striking distance. But yeah, it had taken so much time that you're just kind of like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah,
1: like there was one possession when they were down six, under a minute left, and they ran a full throttle play out of motion offense that took like I thought it took more. I thought it took like fifteen or twenty seconds. And yeah, I mean they ended up. The guy, three on the guy that got a right? wide like, open the three. With, uh... the guy got a wide open three and nailed it. And it's like, okay, so. Cool, like that was a beautiful play. Cool, what if he misses it? You know, like you took so long, man. Like it, that play, and like that that play is seared into my memory from that game last night because me and my dad were like, "What is he doing? Like, what are they doing?" And then he nails the three, so it it, it, it was fine. You cut it down to a one possession game, but like everything is just on a razor's edge with them. You
0: know, like. I do think that I mean, I don't I don't know enough about their team. Like I know that they were this way last year and then they lost one of their three best players, like their sixth man of the year, and you know, that's kind of what derailed them. I don't I don't know how big of a, a margin of error they have. In games or like on their roster. It seems like they're such a fine tuned machine that any type of adversity might disrupt them. All
1: right. Yeah, I mean I, yeah, I mean I Yeah, everything yeah, the pieces are so, like, it's like a a very expensive watch. Like, every piece fits in perfectly so well, and everything depends on the other that, like, if you lost your sixth man, if they lost their sixth man, then, like, things are going to go sideways. But I, they might not. I don't know them that well. I mean, I thought DeAndre Hunter was really good. I thought he was really, really good. I mean, he's going to be a lottery pick, right?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know i I haven't seen him popping up in lottery picks, but we'll I'll check right now but i I think that, like I said, when Virginia and Duke play in Virginia, I think that will go differently. I think that will go differently.
1: That definitely seems fair. I mean Jerome was really good, that Jerome guy was really good. I just, man, everything is just so, not pained is not the right word because their offense does run so well. Everything is just, has to be perfect, man. And they just never, they never seem to have any sense of urgency. Even when I watched them last year against uh, UMBC, like they were down 20 or whatever, or even before then you know when it when the game was starting to get out of hand it was just kind of like they were just chilling just running their motion offense like it was like they were up 10 everything I, there's no sense of urgency there but i mean it's
0: good and bad like i guess it's good in the sense that they don't get rattled but it's bad whenever you fall behind like i guess it's they just play the same way. I don't know. I came away thinking they I were good. Too. I did too. It was a good win. It was a good win for Duke, but I, I do think Duke's going to come away at number two. I think you have to punish them for losing to Syracuse at home. Like I just think that has to you, be like, a punishment. That, that's the
1: thing. I don't know if it will be a punishment, but like in a fair world, it has to be. Like they have to be punished for that loss. That's not a good loss, and like I, I, I don't care that that Trey Jones was out. I mean,
0: you just, you just have to reward two wins. Like the teams are pretty even. You have to reward a team that hasn't lost in 11 games versus one who just lost five days ago. I mean, it's just, I would be absolutely shocked if Duke was number one. And it makes me mad that there's so many people saying they don't care about the number one ranking. I just think those people are the worst. I think you're a big time curmudgeon. I think you're just someone who wants to bitch and complain And you're making the mistake of not savoring this season. Like, this is a milestone getting to number one. Like, you should enjoy regular season success just as much, if not more, than whatever happens in the tournament. Like, I I truly feel that way, that this team deserves to be the second team ever at Tennessee to be ranked number one. And them being the top of college basketball is really important to Rick Barnes and, you know, his legacy and – getting enough, you know, getting even more notoriety for what he's done at Tennessee. And I think it's important to the fans, too, like who were left for dead, you know, five years ago, four years ago. I'm really into the idea of being number one. Like, that. to me, that's something that that we should celebrate.
1: Yeah, like, you know, when we talked about it last time, I was like, you you know, I hadn't really thought about it much. I was like, it doesn't really matter to me. But since we've talked about it and I've, I've thought about it, like, it really does Matt, Like, I want to be number one tomorrow. I think that, because you talked about it, the point you brought up last weekend was that the players, these players deserve to be ranked number one, and they do. Um, they do. Like, they absolutely deserve it. The team deserves it. And like you said, you have to reward two wins versus one win and one loss. And the fact that we played bad yesterday Shouldn't matter a bit in tomorrow's rankings because if we had played bad, if like the Alabama and the Florida games were swapped and we had played bad a week ago and yesterday we had had that awesome win against Florida, tomorrow would be a no-brainer. We would have to be ranked number one. We've won 11 straight games and we've played one bad half in those 11 games. Out of 22 halves, we've played bad once. You cannot penalize us for one bad half when we won the game
0: 11 in a row 11 in a row like if this was coming down to tennessee versus virginia or tennessee versus michigan i would say okay like i'm cool if not being number one if virginia would have beat duke last night i would probably say that virginia i would definitely say virginia deserves to be number one but they didn't and duke lost to syracuse so like just that that to me it's really simple I think people are overcomplicating it. To me, it seems really simple. Let's get to some patron questions. Got a couple new patrons who signed up. Uh, got a couple new $5 patrons who si- signed up. Shout out to Taylor Rodden. Love you, Taylor. Christian Crumley.
1: Love you, Christian.
0: And we had Dylan McGregor go from a $2 patron to a $10 my patron. My brother
1: Dylan, we love you. Thank you for feeding my kids.
0: Shout out to Dylan. Shout out to Christian and shout out to Taylor. Right, let's get to a couple of uh, questions. We got Blake Tucker who asked, if you could put one Tennessee player from the past on this team outside of Lofton, who would it be? And I guess let's just say let's keep it since 2000. Because obviously you'd go to Bernard King or Allen Houston or, you know, let's keep it just 2000 and on. And honestly, when I was doing this exercise in my head – I went with like a role player. Yeah, it's definitely a role a player. Start. I was trying to. Th- I just went with a. I just, I, I just went with a role player to make it somewhat realistic. And the name I came up with, and maybe this is just me being a you know a big fan. Let me of this guess. Guy, let me guess your guy. Let me guess your guy. You're gonna Juwan? know it. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. Um, uh, no, JP. Okay. I think Tennessee is lacking a. Maybe they have one in Jordan Bowden, a lot. Uh, but I, I feel like you need a That's defender. what I was thinking. Like, I was I really, thinking
1: lockdown defender. That's who I was – That's I was trying to think because, like, Pons isn't that guy yet.
0: No, no, he's not. He's not. He might grow into being, but I'm not going to trust him in a tournament game. Like, I've seen enough between what Petty did for the first 10 minutes of the second half. Now, granted, Tennessee did hold him scoreless over the last 952. But I think a big part of that is just him being out of gas, yeah. right? Now Bowden was bothering they, they him. They shut him good. down pretty
1: good, I think. He stopped getting open looks. I mean, the block by Grant was unreal, right? I mean, that was yeah, that no, was that, amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, that was a ridiculous play. That was a ridiculous play. Who who was shooting that? Was that was that, that, that was, was petty? Right? He was open. Yeah. I just feel like I'm a little worried about Tennessee needing a little help on the perimeter on the defensive side like I I think Tennessee can score enough points so I don't need to add a score I think between Lamonte and uh, bone you don't really need a Jawan type you don't need another point guard type you you have that now maybe you could make the case that Tennessee needs an extra shooter and maybe you should go with a shooter here but I, I just want some more length and versatility in this lineup to kind of help when a guy's going off you know, multiple guys you can throw at him. Because between what we saw with Petty and old boy from Memphis in that second half, whenever we have a guy on the other team getting hot, we haven't really been able to cool him off.
1: I thought Bowden did a pretty good job on him yesterday, to be honest. Like, like I I was thinking defender two, to be fair. I thought that we locked Petty down the last 10 minutes of the second half.
0: Well, I mean, I think whenever we were losing the lead, we didn't guard him at all.
1: Yeah, I mean we, we we came out and 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 slept through the first ten minutes of the half. I'm not.
0: Yeah, and now he hits he some shots
1: that were he had a hand in the face.
0: Now, when someone gets going like that, though, now granted, like the ten minutes afterwards weren't good, but let's let's say that's the tournament. And that's a seven minute stretch that your season. Like, I just feel like Tennessee needs another, especially if, like with Alabama only having one scorer pretty much like they had him and you know Hall obviously down low but if you run into a team that has two of those guys on the outside like with with Duke let's just say with Duke if Reddish and RJ Barrett are going we don't have that second guy to kind of throw at them maybe Admiral can be maybe maybe I'm just overreacting to one game and like I said maybe Maybe uh, I just love JP too much because I do think Admiral is a good defender.
1: Well, I think a big difference, I, I, one thing that has not been brought up since this discussion started, is that in a tournament game, Tennessee is not going to sleepwalk through. Okay. I mean Maybe we don't need a defender. No, I think we do. I think Bowton. we do. And I, we've seen, okay, it happened last year, that we can have a game where everything is just kind of off but, like, yesterday, like, our offense was off, yeah, but, like, we were not playing defense like we normally do. Like, I think it's fair to say that since the second half of the Arkansas game, they had gotten kind of complacent. And who can blame them? Like, it had gotten boring. And they they come out just beating Alabama like a drum like like they did Arkansas. Like, it's easy to see why this team got complacent and kind of got bored. Like, I get it. So it was good to see them wake up and realize you can't do that and still get out the win. And when the, when it came time to lock down on Petty the last ten minutes of the half, I thought we did. Like He might have gotten tired. I'm not discrediting that. I'm sure he was. We also were on him. Um, and he hit some shots that had a hand in the face that were some good threes. I mean, it was frustrating. Don't get me wrong. We played terrible. We do need a defender. That's what I would pick, too. I was trying to think of one that could just lock up somebody, like a Tony Allen type I, guy.
0: Yeah, I guess the way I kind of looked at this was, like, I feel like our weak link is Ponds, and I wanted to find somebody who's athletic, could fill that role, but also knows how to play basketball, and I think that's where I ended up with JP. Like, he's not athletic as Ponds, obviously, but, you know, he, he he's an athlete. And I do feel like he played better, you know, smarter basketball. Uh, yeah, I agree with that 100. So, so that that's where, that's where I ended up. Do you do you have a name you would like to? Submit? Well, like
1: I was, I was thinking about Jawan at first for defense, but like we need somebody taller than that. Like JP is a good pick. I don't really have one. Like that's a tough, that's a tough question because I I want a role player or like somebody that would be a role player on this team. Like I don't want.
0: I don't want to mess up the dynamic. We ha- we we know who our alphas are. Yeah, exactly. You just and maybe yeah, maybe maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. Good question. Seth Crabtree asks: Is the is the success of the basketball team going to be what gets the football program out the gutter, or is all this good news for both sto- both sports just the Fulmer effect? Because he loves the balls just like us. Um. Uh,
1: well, I think that. One thing helping football a lot right now is that you don't have Butch Jones. Like, I don't know if Jeremy Pruitt is going to be a great coach at UT, but, like, he's not an idiot. Like, he at least was smart enough to go and get T. Martin.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool, the uh, the elevation the he got Like, yesterday. there's,
1: like, so many things that will help UT football is having a guy that is just not dumb. Like, having a guy that does the, like, the thing that everyone knows to do that like, even we know to do and like going and making it happen. Like we didn't have a spot open for T Martin. but we went and hired him.
0: Yeah. We just went, we we went
1: and hired him and said, okay,
0: we'll we'll, figure it
1: out out because this guy's good enough to figure something out for, and you don't worry about the other stuff. You go and make it happen. Like the Jim Chaney thing, you know, like we, we missed on our guys. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we missed on them or what. I don't know. Like, you know, did they offer your sitch? Like, blah blah blah, whatever. But like, it came to a point where it was basically Jim Chaney or nothing. It was going to be Jim Chaney or a guy that was going to make people mad. So instead of taking a chance, they just said, "Okay, we're going to offer you enough money until you say yes."
0: I was going to say that it does seem important that I mean I know this isn't anything new, but. It does seem important to have an athletic director who prioritizes and, football, and
1: like the 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 Cheney thing, I think is is really where you see former shine the most so far. Because with one of the guys that we had had before, like there's no way they offered Jim Cheney 1.6 million dollars over three years. Like there's no way it even gets to that point. Like like Pruitt probably wouldn't have even gone after him because he would have been told, listen. You got a million dollars, but like you got an athletic director that has some serious, you know, cachet or what, you know, with, with people that, that have the money and he prioritizes football and he's going to say, no, we're going to make this happen. You have enough money offer him until he says yes. I think that was big on Fulmer. I think the team Martin thing is just kind of like, well, he's not an idiot and he knows that team Martin is awesome and he knows that he's worth telling somebody or making somebody leave for. So he goes and hires T. Martin and says, you know what? Whatever. We'll, 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 we'll get this handled. But T. Martin is going to be an on-coach. He's going to be an on-the-field coach for us because he's that good. Um, it's good that, like, I think it's also a good thing that Pruitt, is. he seems to be really patient. Like, he didn't ever once panic the offensive coordinator search because like a lot of people did and it would have been understandable if he did, but he just didn't panic. He didn't panic with the T Martin thing and worry about that. There wasn't a spot for him. Like he just casually went out and got his guy and then things took care of themselves. Like he thinks things through. It seems there's no spur of the moment hires, which, which is good. That bodes well, I think. Um, I think Cheney's definitely better for UT with Pruitt than than Hilton is, too. Um, but Fulmer did, does have a big effect, I think.
0: Listen to Seth, just rain down the positivity. I mean... Sunshine Hughes. The, the
1: staff got undeniably better. Like, you got one of the... T. Martin is one of the very best recruiters in the nation. Nobody would argue with that. You went and got an offensive coordinator who averaged 38 points a game last year in the SEC, like
0: Sunshine Hughes. I said what I
1: said on Cheney. There's no need to rehash. Like, but I think he's better for Hilton than Pruitt. I mean, yeah, he's better than Hilton for for Jeremy Pruitt.
0: Slim ass. If there was a poll to determine which two people were the biggest losers, would the person who got the most votes be the biggest loser, or the person who lost to the loser? I think the person who loses the biggest loser poll is the biggest loser. Because he couldn't even win that. Slim. He couldn't even win that. Uh, Let's keep it rolling. I got people arguing in my mentions right now, which is making this harder to read the questions. Um, Cody wants to know, will we lose a game at home this season? Also, if we don't win the Kentucky Invitational this season, will we ever win it again? I assume that's the SEC tournament. Uh, do we lose at home the rest of the season I mean I think you gotta
1: say yes eventually yes, right I will go with yes
0: I mean I'll just I'll, I'll I'll take the I'll take the odds you got West Virginia on Saturday Missouri Florida South Carolina Vandy Kentucky Mississippi State uh, one two three how many games is that one two three four five six seven okay I don't know I lost count you like eight games left
1: yeah I say you lose one it but maybe they go perfect at home. That that would that would certainly be something.
0: If I had to bet on it right now, if you gave me like 3 to 1 odds, I would say Tennessee goes undefeated. But if you're just offering me like even money, I would say the odds of them losing to one of like Kentucky, Mississippi State, Florida, I would say they'd drop one of them. I don't know which one, but just chances are they'd drop one of them. Yeah. But it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that they Not go at two. all. Like, as, far as, the, as far as the SEC tournament thing goes, like, I mean, yeah, if Tennessee doesn't win this one, it's not – I wouldn't say that you could never win it again, just, but this one would, you know, obviously be your best chance ever. I
1: mean, West Virginia, Missouri, Florida, South Carolina are our next four home games. I don't think we will lose one of them. After that, we have Vandy. I think we'll beat Vandy. We got – we finished with Kentucky at home and Mississippi State at home. You could lose to Kentucky at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean it, it. It doesn't seem very crazy to think that you're gonna win out at home. That's that is seven home games left.
0: STW01 says. Uh, patron question: I think we all enjoy when Seth goes on a rant on the podcast. What are some things that set Seth off? Seth, what are the biggest things that set you off? What makes you the most angry? What makes what gets you the most agitated? Journalists. That would be my. That was going to be my first guess. Journalists. Like one
1: thing that's really been annoying me lately is like this is not the government shutdown in and of itself, or like whether that's right or wrong, but this like like where we've started lionizing and like making federal civil servants out to be like some like exalted protected class cuz they haven't got to go to work for like a month now like just because some DC bureaucrats don't get to go to work like doesn't mean we need the New York Times and the Washington Post writing articles like about how sorry they feel like I saw Washington I saw Boston College is like giving free tickets out to any federal worker until the shutdown is over like there was a soup like there was like a a food line for federal workers in like New York or Washington DC I'm like really y'all think NASA engineers need to go through this food line like if you want to feel bad for like the National Park Service Okay, like I feel bad for for the for the park rangers. Like they are without a job and they don't make much money, but like these these people that work in Washington DC that are that are lifetime employees, they can never be fired. Okay? They are permanent employees. Like if you want me to like if you really want to pull my heartstrings, it's not going to be over feeling bad. For these people like they're the only they're the only group of people in the world that have permanent jobs. They will never lose their job. I want everybody to, to, to understand this. They are permanent employees. They would have to like look at porn on their work computer, give state secrets out to an enemy. If you're an alcoholic, you can just say you need help and they'll pay for you to go to counseling. You won't lose your job. Like They've been out of work a month, and it sucks for them, I'm sure. But they are going to be okay. They will get back pay when this is all over. They will get back pay for time missed. It happened in the last government shutdown. For all the days you missed, you got that pay made up to you, just like if you had worked it. Everybody is going to be okay. That is what is driving me crazy lately.
0: So you uh, don't really agree with Cardi B?
1: No, I don't. I do not need lectures on civic society from Cardi B.
0: Did you watch her uh, videos of her dancing, the music videos she was in recently? No,
1: I cannot say that I have.
0: So you said those people would get fired for watching porn on their com- work computers?
1: Yes, they would. They will.
0: Well,
1: that's not like...
0: Whenever you were talking about, like, they have jobs for life, like, I thought they had, like, full immunity to do whatever.
1: There's, like, very few things that can cause you to lose your job. Like, if you have an addiction, like, and you could even get away.
0: So what if they said they were addicted to porn? That's what I was
1: about to say. They could even get away with the porn thing, because they could claim addiction, and then they could get therapy paid for. Like... Giving out state secrets is like the main thing that you can do. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't we don't need traitors like, out here. But
1: when I say a permanent like job, like they don't get outsourced to other countries. They don't get downsized. Like it is a bloated bureaucratic state where they get that biweekly paycheck, and like they get a pension, they get step raises to where they always get a raise regardless of job performance. Um, If they've maxed out on the pay band, then they get a bonus instead of a pay raise. Like These are people who live well, okay? They live well, and their job performance doesn't really matter. So let's just leave it at that.
0: what were your thoughts on that uh, rally yesterday i
1: haven't watched any of it i'm not looking at it i'm not reading a story about it just it,
0: you're just ignoring you know, it's
1: just it it's the symptom not the disease i would say
0: what do you mean well, like i
1: mean just ugly stuff like this is going to continue to happen i think i mean it just seemed like a seemed like there were several there's several differing viewpoints several different camera angles longer videos
0: so, yeah, yeah. I, I know yesterday when it first came out, everyone was really mad at those white kids and Make America Great hats, but then I think since then there's been some real mo- momentum for them being maybe a little bit of, a, I don't want to say victims, but maybe not just the only guilty Yeah, I mean you party. had the black
1: Israelites there too, like calling the Catholics, like calling the Catholic priest a sodomite and calling the Catholic boys names and then...
0: I didn't see yeah, that. You had the
1: black Israelites. You had the Catholic white boys from Kentucky. I don't think the Native Americans as a whole were totally blameless, based on the little I've seen. I don't know. I'm, I haven't watched the videos, nor do I care to. Um, I do think it's very weird that, like, we have like the New York Times, like, talking about like these kids getting expelled from school and punished, like. I mean, I think that's where... I don't think it needs to be a national news story. I think that the Catholic kids could have um, carried themselves better yesterday, but I think a lot of parties could have. But, whatever.
0: Do you uh, have anything else you want to talk about before we hit the conspiracy corner?
1: No, I'm, I'm... You got anything you want to add? No, I meant to look that up earlier today, but I forgot about exactly what... It was the Dark Ages didn't happen Is that the one we talked about last time?
0: I mean that's the one we talked about like a month ago. That's not the one we that's not the one we were set to talk oh, about Oh, today, we We're talking so. about a
1: different one today. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the the, the that that dinosaurs are dinosaurs fake. Dinosaurs are fake. And that the dragons are real.
1: Dinosaurs are fake, dragons are wi- real. Um Right, remember, yes, I remember like the the
0: first the f- there was only, you know, the di- dinosaurs were never mentioned until 1842. Whereas dragons have been mentioned by every culture ever in the world. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at that WSAU website now. Um, uh,
0: Shout out to Chad Byers for sending this in for the patron mailbag. We talked a little bit on, on the exclusive ex- episode, but said we wanted to get into it more for the
1: uh, the regular but, Sunday yeah, episode. Like the, the theory itself is so like like, out there that, like, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it is weird that all throughout human history you see dragons pop up. And, like,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: people across cultures were spanning cultures here that couldn't have been in contact with each other talking about dragons. Like, I think that's pretty wild. But, like... This website
0: says, before 1842, everyone referred to these fossilized bones as dragon bones until Sir Richard Owen created the term dinosaur in 1842, which obviously just
1: means terrible, terrible lizard. lizard. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not an archaeologist, like, uh, but it certainly seems like there's dinosaur fossils. <laughs> so dinosaur fossils... Are there? I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're fake.
0: I mean, theoretically, could the could the bones
1: of the uh, of a T Rex really just be a dragon? Certainly, certainly. Um, but like the pterodactyl,
0: I mean, kind of looks like a dragon to me. uh, Maybe a small small
1: dragon. dragon. I mean, maybe there were dragons.
0: I mean, mean, isn't the pterodactyl just the flying? That's a flying flying one, right? Yeah. I mean, that that seems the closest one to a dragon of any of them, Seth.
1: Well, I mean, the T Rex doesn't have wings.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, we, we, just that we know of. I mean, just that these nerds, these these scientists want you to think. I mean, and the way that the and what these journalists have, you know, repeated over years. And if you believe the cinema, I mean, you know, Jurassic Park yeah. and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, v- Velociraptor could be a dragon. I'm not going to argue that the Velociraptor could be a dragon. It's interesting. It's a, it's a good conspiracy. It's a good conspiracy. I had never heard of it. It's,
0: Let me keep reading. It is interesting that after this term was created, all of a sudden the first dinosaur discovery happens in 1858. Hmm, Seems a little convenient if you ask me, Seth. That
1: does, that does certainly seem convenient.
0: William Folk excavated the first so-called dinosaur. It was a nearly complete skeleton, only missing its head. A little fact that indicates that man killed this animal. Only men, when killing an animal, take only the head. The skeleton resembles many early drawings of dragons, interestingly enough. But to make the skeleton look bigger when it was on tour, William Falk stood it up on its hind legs in a T-Rex position. How about
1: that? It seems like a pretty open and shut case to me.
0: If this skeleton had been found just 17 years earlier, before 1842, it would have been concluded that they were dragon bones. What a difference just a few years can make. Sir Richard Owen, remember, he's the guy who created the the Trump dinosaur. He was an evolutionist. Many in the science community at this time were trying to disprove what the Bible taught, which, I mean, they wanted to prove evolution to be true. They found out that many in the scientific community embraced the same goal. Besides, it was a good way to make money. Think of the billions of dollars the dinosaur industry generates today. Yeah, I mean, dinosaurs are a big ticket. I mean, just look at all the movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, people love dinosaurs. Like, the Jurassic Park movies are awesome.
0: People love dinosaurs.
1: People it love It definitely them. seems like I dinosaurs mean, has definitely been a good financial ploy by the scientific community. I
0: mean, I mean, don't... Sure. I mean, Ross Geller on Friends made a living off of it. I don't know if you ever watched an episode of Friends, but that's what Ross did. He was a paleontologist.
1: I know that now.
0: Did you have you ever watched an episode I mean, of Friends? I mean,
1: here and there. I've watched an episode. I didn't know he was I didn't know about his day job.
0: How many episodes of Friends do you think like you watched? Like less than 10. What's your favorite sitcom of all time?
1: Um, I don't really have one, John.
0: <laughs> you don't watch Not sitcoms? Really, no. You don't like to laugh?
1: when i want to laugh i I talk to you you make me laugh you make me happy i don't need fictional television shows when i have buddies like you
0: real life friends sure when i want to laugh when i want to laugh
1: you know what i do i get on twitter and go to your timeline and i go to levi's timeline that's true that's true i laugh i supplant sitcoms I supplant a 30-minute sitcom with a 30-minute segment of my day where I just go through years in Levi's Twitter timeline.
0: And, I mean, pretty much for the most part, it's It's commercial-free. Like, every now and then i got to throw a sponsor some love. Every now and then. But for the most part, commercial-free.
1: So who needs sitcoms when I have you?
0: The Chinese culture still laughs at Western scientists when they proclaim that these dinosaur bones are dinosaurs. People in China still believe that they are dragons. China has the largest recorded history of dragons. Earth scientists want us to believe that the recorded history throughout China is simply fantasy. But did you know the number one place for our scientists to find so-called dinosaur bones? Do you know where that is? China. China makes you think. That's where the most dinosaurs have been found? Is that, that true? I don't
1: think. I don't know.
0: That's because more dragons lived in China and India than anywhere else. Hmm.
1: Huh, My thinking cap is on right now. Really really makes you I've think. I've enjoyed this trip. It really makes you think. We need to go to China.
0: This is when this is when the author of this wsau.com blog, Ben Armstrong gets really really defensive. Many of you He's talking to you, Seth Hughes. Many of you are still laughing at this article. That's probably because you don't even know what a fossil is. So what exactly is a fossil, he asks. It is a bone that has turned into rock. There's actually no possible way to determine the difference between a regular rock and a fossilized bone. If you were to test a dinosaur bone, it would just be the same as a rock. Fascinating how so many dinosaur bones are found in actual rock bed. How can anyone prove that these scientists just didn't carve out a bone shape from the rocks? He thinks the entire scientific community is he in on this. He thinks the whole
1: thing is fake.
0: Don't you find it fascinating they, that when scientists go out looking for dinosaur bones, they usually find them? It, they have to, or else they, can't, or else they won't continue to get funding if they keep coming up empty-handed every time. You know, he's saying that you want to keep... Milking the government dry, keep milking the government dry. You you plant your own bones, go out there and fake dig them up, bones that you've actually carved out yourself.
1: It makes you think.
0: Skeletons in museums are almost always fake, and uh, museums will even admit to that. They'll tell you it's a replica. They'll tell
1: you it's a replica.
0: They will tell you not to worry. The real bones are hidden away from where nobody can actually see them. Why can't they just display the bones that they find? It's not because they're too rare. They could just put them behind glass casing. It's because if they use real fossilized bones, they will hardly have any skeleton to show you. They make up most of the dinosaurs through artistic design. But don't worry, folks. Even though you cannot see, feel, touch, or examine any of the bones, just trust them.
1: <laughs> this, guy, this, this guy has guy, some thoughts. He's, He's fed up, and he's making some he's good points. He's fed up, and yeah. The,
0: the the carving, hand carving of the bones, is a pretty good point, if you ask me.
1: He he makes some good points. I need to investigate more fully before I can. I feel like Ben probably thinks I'm an idiot, so. Before I before I before I delve into Mister Armstrong's main hypothesis, I'm gonna I, lo- mean, I need to look into it some more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dragons went extinct because they like to eat sheep and were a threat to many farmers and their livestock. You've heard the term dragon hunter, haven't you? That's because there were actual dragon hunters in history. Farmers in town have a dragon problem where a dragon was attacking their livestock and they would pay someone to slay the dragon.
1: I did not know that.
0: Says basic. Says dragons are just like wolves. Remember, wolves almost went extinct too for the same reason.
1: I'm learning a lot.
0: There is historical records that dragons were real but only theories about your dinosaurs. Wow. Wow. This has been a fun trip uh, to Conspiracy Who brought this corner. up,
1: Chad Byers? Shout Chad out to Byers. Chad. Good question, man.
0: The wolf's part really drove that the home wolf, for yeah.
1: me. I mean, I know how you feel about wolves. And the wolf did. The wolf did almost go extinct. And dogs are just autistic wolves. Dogs are autistic. <laughs> They're like you know. Didn't dogs come from wolves?
0: I mean, that's so what, they what they say. say. And, but who can? Who
1: knows now? Can you believe anything?
0: I think you're supposed to question everything, and that's what the point of Conspiracy Corner is: question everything. You got anything else you want to add?
1: I, just that I love you. It's been, a, it's
0: been. I love you. I really hope. I really hope Eric Berry gets him a Super Man, Bowl ring.
1: I hope the Chiefs win. And all
0: these. All these people on here talking about Camara make me. sick. I don't sick. really
1: know how the the Saints and Rams not showing sure any. I, mean, I don't really care.
0: Not show. Sure. I kind of feel like the Rams are going to win, but I don't know. I do get I do get sick of everyone worshiping Camara while while ignoring Eric Berry. That does make me mad. Yeah,
1: but go Chiefs for sure.
0: I'm eating some MMs right yeah, now. Can, can you hear me?
1: Why Why is the Rams and Saints game first?
0: Tom Brady, man. But like Tom Brady.
1: You would think, like, weather-wise, weather-wise yeah. they wouldn't
0: make them play out in the cold. Yeah. I don't know. That's,
1: that's wild. I don't know. Doesn't seem very fair to me. Nope. Doesn't seem very fair to me. You've been watching True Detective? I have not yet. I'm going to wait. I think I'm just going to wait until it's over.
0: You don't like the wait in the week and thinking
1: mm-hmm. about it? No. Not anymore. I ain't got the wow. patience for it. I think a lot of people are like you. Do you watch either of the fire documentaries? I I really want to. Have you?
0: I've only watched the I've only watched the Netflix one. The Netflix one is the one I'm interested in, and that's not just because I don't have Hulu. It's definitely not me being mad about that. It's just um, from what I've read about them, the 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 Hulu version kind of goes into why we care about social media influencers. Yeah. But like Netflix already did. A yeah, you've already of that. seen that I've one. Yeah, you yeah you've American, already seen that one. Yeah, I've told you about the American meme, so like I don't need them to just regurgitate all that. Like we we know. Hey, we like our phones. We like our internet. We like our fake worlds. We we yeah. already know that. You know what I mean. I don't, I don't need somebody telling me, me about it. Give me
1: something. It. Give me something I don't know, please.
0: Hey, hey uh, uh, I wonder why all these these guys wanted to go out where these Instagram models were supposed to be. Yeah, it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, re- could have saved could have saved you a whole lot of time doing that documentary. Yeah, let's
1: really we we really need to think about why why guys want to go to where the models are.
0: Yeah, huh. let's really think about. It really makes you wonder. The guy who did it, though, was such an asshole. Oh, I'm sure. He's so delusional. He's so delusional. You should watch it. It's good. It's uh, it's, it's funny how big of a disaster it was. I will watch it then. I mean, like how they just never, never realized how big of a disaster it was going to be. Because everyone had the most confidence in this 25-year-old con artist. Like, this one guy was, I guess, just so charismatic that everyone just believed he would find a way to make it work. Even though, like, they were not even close to making it work. It's all believed in this guy, and then he got he gets in trouble. Spoiler alert! And then he gets out of jail. Like you know, they they, they arrested him, I guess, and held him on bond for a little bit. Anyways, he gets out, and he goes right back to trying to scam people. The same people they scammed at the fire festival because he had all their email. He had all their email stuff, and he just kept hitting them with more promotions for other stuff, trying to get their money, like masters tickets and like, stuff like that. Hustle. You got to. You got to. You got to respect the hustle. All right, Seth. It was a pleasure. I will talk to you soon. I hope that uh, I will send you a text tomorrow around 11 a.m. Eastern Time telling you that we're number one.
1: I hope so, buddy. We deserve it. Hopefully that we happens. I'll yes, talk sir. to you bye soon. Bye. bye. What? Yeah, I will.
0: Before I go, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Healthy. Bean organic coffee at HBO Coffee on Twitter, healthybeancoffee.com. Use the promo code Ranch Gang to let you know where you heard it from. I'll get a little kickback. Bada boom, bada bing. Certified organic healthy bean organic coffee, a semi dark roast. Organic blended with chia and maca and ruibos. What is all that? That's nah, just health. Healthy. The healthiest coffee on the damn planet. It's got your antioxidants, your protein, iron, and fiber. Shout out to them, Healthy Bean Organic Coffee, healthybeancoffee.com.